Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My name is Tim Birch and I have two special guests with me today. We have a desperate need for evaluators. Uh, NSPS is, has been long affiliated with uh, a, a, an, I'll call it an association organization called ABET. Um, I don't for the life of me can't roll it off my tongue what it stands for. So we've got two ABET professionals here that will bring us up to speed on what exactly is ABET, how it uh, goes into the colleges, universities, and does the accreditation, and what it takes to become an ABET evaluator. Um, my first first guest is, actually, I've got to be full disclosure, uh, we are we are co-workers, uh, and I've known Becky for quite a while. Um, it's Rebecca Popek, professional land surveyor. Uh, here in Illinois, works with me at Space Co. in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, and it's also, and then our, also Robert Schmidt, a longtime educator, retired now, and uh, he'll give us the, from the uh, the university side, the educator side of some things. So, Becky, let's start with you. Give us a little bit of ba background on who you are, what you are, and how the heck you came to figure out you wanted to be part of ABET. Um, so I graduated from Purdue with a bachelor's in civil engineering and a bachelor's in land survey engineering. Um, a couple years later, I was at the land surveyors conference and my program chair was the NSPS liaison at that time. And he was doing PEV training on the Saturday seminar. And he said, you came from an EAC program, which at the time I didn't know what that meant. Um, why don't you stay in and check out the PEV training? And so I did. Uh, the first year I went out, I went out to um, visit the uh, Penn State Wilkes-Barre program. In fact, Bob Schmidt was my PEV for that visit. Um, and I have been hooked ever since. So that was 2007. Um, I am in, so I've been in, at this now for uh, 14 years. Nice. All right, Mr. Schmidt, you do have, obviously, she's she's vouching for you very heavily, first, first PEV, and uh, you've been involved with ABET for quite a while. Which tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've come to evolve through ABET. Sure. I uh, I started with ABET before it was ABET. Ah. I started with it when it was ECPD, and that was back in the 1970s. We have a program evaluator now who told me that he was six years old at that point. Uh, that's a way to make yourself feel old. Um, so I started because the school I was teaching at, which was a two-year technical school in Vermont, known as Vermont Technical College, in order to be promoted, I either had to be professionally active locally or nationally. And I took national. And at that time, I was involved with an organization that no longer exists called the American Congress of Surveying and Mapping. And in one year, I got the program criteria developed for engineering technology programs in survey. 
And um, then I was appointed by um, ACSM to go into uh, become a program evaluator for surveying technology programs. And um, that just continued to grow. The person representing, <clears throat> excuse me, ACSM, um, they didn't want him back on the technology group and they moved me from a PEV to a commission member. And I went out on visits. I became uh, eventually uh, chair of the Engineering Technology Commission and uh, started a, um, a review process for ABET that, uh, to save some time because people wanted to have another day. And that process is still being used today but it, by two of the three commissions, um, actually three of the four, but two of the three that um, NSPS is involved with, and that's called um, Penalized Review. Okay. Um, I was out for a while because of politics uh, within ACSM. We know that that exists. Uh, and um, I got pulled back in, and I now um, represent NSPS on the Board of Delegates. Very nice. Now, as far as ABET itself, uh, for the for those including myself, what what does ABET stand for? What uh, what is what is ABET? Becky, you want to give that to us? Uh oh, she's got the sneeze button on. <laughs> uh, ABET stands for ABET. It used to stand for the Accreditation Board for Engineering and Technology. There we go. Okay. It is ABET now, kind of like FedEx is now FedEx and not Federal Express. Very good. Now, I've tried to explain that to people too, and they're like, eh, I don't know that I, okay, but it's ABET. It's just ABET. Uh, ABET has been around for, I mean, in some form has been around for a long time, right? I mean, it for uh, going way back several decades. Uh, 1932. 1932. Wow. Wow. Um, so it's evolved to where it is today. Um, I guess, who is ABET? Who, I mean, how does it exist as an organization? And then where do the, where do the volunteers, evaluators, and all those things come into play? Bobby, give us a little background on how ABET is set up. ABET was set up, Becky's correct, in 1932 by five major professional societies, um, uh, four of them major professional societies. The fifth one is a... a now known as NCWES, um, and the the educated the the licensing people wanted to get a group together that could look at and judge what a quality um, program was, and they started up um, ECPD ABET. Okay. And uh, the one thing is that originally they said that we would do away with the. Um, FE exam, what's now known as the FE exam for engineering, once this organization was um, set up and running well, um, NCWS has not done away with that uh, first exam. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's still going. Uh, so how big is ABET? I mean, how broad is this? I mean, we're talking, I mean, we're here talking about engineering surveying and such. I mean, how many just roughly how many programs are they to be talking about they actually go and evaluate on becky you want that one you know um i don't know off the top of my head i know we can pull that 
information later. Um, but one it's of a, the things, but it's a bunch. It's, it's a lot. Um, one of the things is when he, like he was talking about, when you create, when it was created, it was created by the associations, and so every volunteer represents an association that is looking for um, an accredited program in order to support their um, their mission. And so those volunteers actually make up probably close to 90% of the ABET organization itself. It's, it's supported by a really small permanent staff, um, but the, the organization itself is made up of those member societies. They're what drive the agenda. They're what drive the changes and all of the information that we're doing this for. So really the need for and the want for education or accreditation is coming from those individual professional societies. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's I'm kind of liking it, liking it to NSPS. We have a small core company, let's call it say, but yet you have all these board of you got this board of directors from from nationwide that are volunteers and they do their part to help guide the society and such. So, I yeah, I make that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. Um, all right, since we're really focusing on surveying here, um, what? What types of things does a, does a surveying program really need to have to even just basically qualify for accreditation? Bob, what, what do you look for in a program and what kind of criteria do, do they even have to at least start with to be considered for accreditation? Well, there's what, what are known as uh, general criteria that ABET has that deals with subjects of science and math, um, technical, um, and uh, humanities and social science. Uh, they allow the professional societies to develop what is known as the program criteria, which in this case would be the specific surveying related coursework. And they vary between specifying outcomes to specifying courses to now specifying coursework. And um, so that's where the professional society gets in and NSPS um, redid its um, program criteria for the three commissions that it's members of um, a year a year ago. Okay. So, I mean, and I'll ask both of you, if you, whoever wants to throw it in, approximately how many how many accredited programs do we have in the United States? Because obviously, some states are requiring education for licensure, but yet not every state has a program, but how many states are across the country are accredited? Becky, you got, you got an answer on that one. I don't mean to test you on the other one. Um, I don't have that one. Um, I do have the surveying program somewhere. I, I did those a couple of years ago. Um, but the big, the one thing that I wanted to talk about is to explain, because we keep mentioning these commissions, right? Um, and basically, NSPS is in a unique position where it sits on three different commissions. One is the Engineering Accreditation Commission, one is the Engineering Technology Accreditation Commission, and one is the Applied Natural Science Commission. And basically, what it does is it breaks down the three different ways that you could be housed in a, an institution and still be accredited to produce a land surveying graduate. So they're looking, if you're in the School of Engineering and you get a Bachelor of Science in Engineering, you would be accredited by the Engineering Commission. If you're in a technology program, you're coming out of the technology. 
we've got programs that are in science-based, that are in geology, that are in geography, and, and we've, I think we've got one in a business school somewhere. Um, so those ones then come under the Applied and, a science, and Natural Sciences program or commission. Um, so we sit in a unique position that way where our programs can be very math heavy or they can be very field heavy or they can, they kind of get to create their own path based on what their graduates are looking for and what their, um, uh, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's one question I have going forward with with some of this stuff. And you're talking about the the, the three different paths with some of these schools and their curriculums. Uh, how is how is this going to morph and modify going forward with technology? I guess uh, obviously the, the 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 means of measurement are changing all of the time. Some of the methodologies and then the procedures are changing. Does that come into play when it helps to help evaluate a program? Who's who's moving forward with te technology? Who's really just staying with the basics and, and teaching the basics? What do you see there, Bob? Um, I see major changes coming because of computers and electronics and um, all the rest of that stuff that's aligned with the field of survey. Um, and this is why I've personally been pushing the various commissions to require instead of recommend a six-year uh, review of the program criteria from the professional society. Okay. Uh, that way we can make sure that the program criteria are current when we um, review and make judgments whether or not the program should be accredited. Very good. Yeah, because that's one thing that I, I we we wonder going forward as a profession. Um, you know, we're 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 desperate for people getting into the educational cycle for for licensure and such. We're still we're still lacking uh, some some pathways for even technical people to get in uh, and finding adequate places to to teach the the, the technical side. Um, so I guess that's what one reason I was asking about. What are, what are we doing to help evaluate it? Because I can give you, I mean, a quick example is the CST program and for, through NSPS. A lot of people complain that those questions are antiquated. And yes, it's it's nice to have some of the background of where this stuff goes, but the technology is there. So I was just curious on how ABET was looking forward to uh, tackling things as they change. Uh, so besides NSPS, what other what other societies are, are engaged with some of these uh, evaluations and, and with, with ABET itself? Becky? Um, there's, I don't even know how many to, uh, <laughs> how, to, how to explain that, but it depends on the commission, but there's, um, I'm trying to think, ACEC for uh, civil engineering. Okay. There's, um, we've got IH. IH, I don't know. There's basically any anything that they're looking to accredit. Some a society has to step up and sure. provide the evaluators and the accreditation. So basically, they take responsibility for that program criteria as we move forward. So what we're doing in ANSAC right now is we're bringing in uh, new programs and we're looking for societies to take responsibility. Um, we've got geology that's that's just come across our desk. We've got um, 
industrial hygiene, which does have a society at AIHA, AIHA. And then um, we're looking for, um, there's another physics program. And then math, we're looking at the, the statistical societies for some of those. So sure. we're actually branching out a little bit past engineering and past technology um, and kind of moving into some of those natural and basic sciences. Very good. All right. Well, we said what ABET is programmed to do to go out and evaluate some of these things. Uh, okay. Let's talk about, let's take a step back and talk about the evaluators themselves and getting somebody interested in becoming an evaluator for, uh, for ABET. Somebody that has, has the knowledge and, and the, and the, the willingness to put in some time to, to, learn the criteria and go and be a, an independent evaluator on some of these things. Bob, what, what, uh, from your perspective, what, who is a good candidate who should look at themselves in the mirror and say, I'm a great candidate to go do that. And I should apply today. They got to want to help the profession because by them being involved with accreditation, they ensure that the students who are graduating from these in our case, 29 schools that we that are surveying schools, our surveying programs, that we are going to continue to turn out quality people um, that can pass exams, that can work for a company, that can start their own company, um, and maybe even be interested in uh, uh, working with continuing the profession later on themselves. Sure. So is there, besides somebody that, that just has the desire to help, is there any kind of minimum education criteria, professional licensure criteria, any of that that, that goes into to, uh, an application for, uh, for being an, an evaluator? Sure. Um, NSPS is not just like, let's pick on ASCE. Right. Um, since some of us did graduate with civil engineering degrees, Becky. <laughs> uh, ASCE is primarily there for licensure. NSPS is much broader in scope than that. Okay. Yes, we are involved with land surveying and surveying and geomatics and all kinds of things, but there's also other fields that we require education in, in the broad field of surveying that has nothing to do with licensure. Sure. And we need to get those people involved as program evaluators. Um, they could have come from a surveying program, but decided not to take the path of being a land surveyor, but wanted to get more into geodesy or anything else like that, or mapping or whatever. And those would be great people. We may find that they may want to go back relearn some of their land surveying stuff and become licensed there. So if if you are aligned with um, surveying, we would like you to become a program evaluator. If you are not licensed, the NSPS current point of view is, if you're not licensed as a land surveyor, then you must have advanced degrees. Sure, sure. Well, that, that makes sense. Um, I guess one of the questions I have, and like just 
piggybacking off of what you just said about some similar technologies, what we're hearing, what I've been hearing over the last year or two is, is in, in going along with your licensure versus, in, I don't say versus higher education and credentials, but uh, kind of in conjunction with that a lot of the educators that are in these uh, uh, these colleges and universities, they may not be they may not be licensed, but yet they feel like that you know it's kind of slighted that they're not. That uh, there are a lot of highly educated surveyors out there that may not be licensed. That because of whatever they're in, whether it's the geodesy part, I know a lot of geodesists that uh, that that's a kind of sticks in their crawl. Um, but even but you're from what I'm hearing is anybody that's that has those credentials really should consider maybe doing this if they want to give something back to the profession. Absolutely. And uh, um, what you find in a lot of the program criteria is a statement now uh, alluding to the fact if you're going to teach what we call design courses, which or let's call it a capstone course um, where we put all these things together, you have to be licensed. Okay. We believe, uh, and this has come along certainly with my background, that you have to have, I don't know whether to say the word industrial, uh, professional, uh, you have to have experience in the field right? before you go teach. Exactly. Uh, no, I, I completely agree that, yes, surveying is one of those I won't say rare professions, but it, it obviously is very, very beneficial that you've had your hands in in profession uh, doing some operations on that the body of of surveying before you uh, to go and really teach on on a lot of these things. Um, going back to the actual evaluator, let's okay. So let's. I'm interested. I want to do it. I sign up. Becky, walk me through the process of. What what does it take now? Now that I've put in an application, I've been accepted. What to, what how what are the steps to becoming an evaluator with ABET? So the next step in the process is once you've been accepted and approved by your member society, you will then go to Baltimore to uh, to ABET headquarters, and you will basically participate in a two day mock visit. Um, so what you do is you basically go, they give you a self-study, they put you in a team, you go through the visit process, you write a report, you do the entire process of what they have, what you would do on a traditional visit, and basically they walk you through what the process should look like and what you should be expecting from that visit. Um, and then for NSPS on top of that, you'll go on an observer visit where you will not be the responsible party. You'll actually go to an institution or you'll actually do the institutional review. You'll work with a seasoned um, PEV, someone that'll guide you through the process and um, you'll be able to uh, participate and see it in real time or in action, I guess. And then your third, I guess, experience would be you out there being the person responsible for um, the report, the program review, all of that moving forward without getting too deep into the criteria and such, but what types of things is an evaluator looking at a program? I know we've listed out these, that the criteria that you're, you're working off of, but I mean, just in general terms, what, what, what's a, what's a successful program 
what does it have and what does it lack? What I feel like the, pro, the criteria is looking for is they're looking for a sustainable program. They're looking for a program that establishes um, what the students are supposed to do while they're there, what the industry itself and the constituents are looking for out of their students, what they expect their students to do while they're there, um, do they have the support that they need from uh, faculty, do they have the appropriate faculty, and do they have the support of the overall institution financially and um, facilities-wise. So basically, we're, we're looking for a well-rounded program. We're looking for support in all of those different areas. And for me, it's a sustainable quality program. All of those pieces put together create that quality program that we know is going to be there in six years when we come back and is going to be producing graduates that are going to get hired by those constituents that are helping to mold the program. What kind of numbers do we have right now as far as evaluators covering the program, but programs, but what are we really looking for? What should NSPS be out there trying to to uh, cultivate to get more evaluators? How many are we talking? Are we talking two? Are we talking ten? What? Uh, where do we need to be in the next three, five, ten years? Bob, what do you think? Sure. Um, to properly answer that question, there are some people that that we list on our volunteer list. I've called it a volunteer list. Um, that can't go out and be PEVs. I can't be a PEV. Right. I sit on the board of delegates. Why can't I be? Because if a school got a not to accredit in a specific program, I could be pulled in on a jury sure. to make the decisions. As a member of an executive committee of a commission, which is Becky's position, she shouldn't go out because she's supposed to be a team chair, or she's, she's supposed to be an editor. Occasionally, the editors go out as team chairs. I used to. So once you eliminate the people, um, what I found was uh, we have seven visits coming up a year from now. Not this coming year. We only have one. We have seven. We just have enough PEVs. So to answer your question, those people that could go out are there's seven of them, uh, maybe eight. Right. Um, that's not enough. If somebody can't make the visit, then that means we have to go violate a rule or something like that, or get dispensation from the Baltimore office to send somebody else out. Um, I'd love to go out. Uh, chances of that are zero. <laughs> And it's even 0, 0.0. Okay. Uh, so uh, I've talked to uh, Kurt, and I'm suggesting that we get five new people this coming year. And then, then maybe there's a discussion as to do you ever not become a PEV? Because um, if I were to stay and no longer uh, on the board of delegates, should I still be a PEV? You know, if I've retired, that's a good question. <laughs> how, how technically current am I? Right, that's true. And we have to we have to be professionals and recognize that there's a time when we're not what we were. Agreed, agreed. And I I wish the 
I wish there's several professionals within the profession that would also realize that too at times. But uh, um, well, I guess then the the one kind of the elephant in the room then right now is COVID. How does how are programs going, being evaluated in the age of COVID? Now, hopefully, we're turning a corner here. We're going to get vaccinated and all that stuff, but yet it's going to take some time. Uh, like you said, you you in the next year, how does a program Becky, what's going to happen with program evaluations uh, in the age of COVID? So ABET this year has made all of their visits 100% virtual. There will be no bodies stepping on campus to review any of the programs that we've got going this year. Um, so what we're doing is we are having the programs submit their self-studies. We're doing all of our interviews via Skype or via Zoom. Um, and then what they're doing is they're providing all of their documentation that we would normally see on site. They're providing that uh, electronically through um, any various number of um, applications or programs that allow us to access that data. So we're still keeping a similar format of a few days up to five because we're looking at schedules and different things like that for the Zoom meetings. But it's, it's a very similar process. We're trying to keep that schedule on task. We're trying to get as many of the programs um, evaluated this year as possible. We've had really good feedback so far um, on this process. Um, a lot of the early teams um, have, we've been doing uh, webinars. I think we're up to virtual review webinar number eight, where we're doing lessons learned as they go through and as we get further into it. Our last one in November, we were halfway through all of the visits for this year. Um, and we were starting to get very positive feedback from a lot of the institutions um, on the process and on how well it was going. Well, good. Well, good. Because I know that's one thing that I think COVID for not just corporations, but for organizations. I mean, I can speak for NSPS that we rapidly went to virtual back in the spring. Um, it's obviously it's not what we want to do as far as an organization. It's not what uh, ABET wants to do as far as not being on campus and getting the, the experience with programs and students and the curriculum and such, but obviously we do what's what's necessary for now. But um, no, I, I applaud you for at least keeping it keeping it up, keeping it going because that's it's very very important. Um, anything else you would like to just make a, a a plea to anybody out there about us being an evaluator and what do you think? What do you think? Final thoughts, Becky. What do you what do you think about what's a, what's a, where do we need to be as far as as getting evaluators? Uh, my final thought is it's not just educators. Um, when I first started, there was a, a large percentage that are educators um, because they're going out and they're seeing other programs. They're getting that benefit out there. Um, my favorite thing about going on visits was getting to interact with the students as a PEV. Um, I felt like it was a recharge every year to go and see that fresh. This is what it looks like to be new to the the profession. This is what that fire looks like. And it would kind of give me that rejuvenation every year to go see those students. Um, and it's a it's a concrete way to give back to the profession, to make sure that there's people that, that are out there to come up through the profession and follow behind us when in five, 10, 20 years, because these programs are what we need to do that. Um, I've met some amazing people too. I mean, I can't discount that. Um, between being an evaluator, the team chairs I've had, the places I've gotten to go to, the faculties I've met at different places, and the friends that I have made for a lifetime through the commission. Um, 
it, it's just been a wonderful experience for me. I, I couldn't recommend it more to anybody. Well, I know I've, I've just, like I said at the start, Becky and I have been, been friends for quite a while before we were actually uh, fellow employees that I knew she's been involved in this. And that's, you know, just, it's one thing to, you know, for most surveyors, you see the twinkle in their eye with their, with their jobs themselves. They don't, they like their jobs, but you get her to talking about ABET and it, she, she lights up. So I do, do say that. Bob, obviously you've been involved with this program a long time. Um, it's, it's, it's gotta be uh, kind of a labor of love for you then to, to have stuck with something like this. Cause obviously if you didn't like it, you wouldn't have stuck around with it. What's uh, some of your final final thoughts on on becoming an ABET evaluator? Well, I'd like to broaden that. I'd like to say not only an ABET evaluator, um, but I'd also like to point out that many of us know or have found out of schools that offer programs in surveying. And a lot of those programs aren't seeking accreditation. We have we're one of the few, if not the only, professional society that is in three commissions of the four. And I was there when what's now ANSAC was started. It was originally called the Related Accreditation Commission. It was led, the push was led by a person by the name of David Gibson, who's no longer with us. Um, and he was down in Florida. Um, um, this is... Um, this is a big, important thing. And uh, I think Becky hit all the nails on the head. You will make friends that, and you'll make professional colleagues that are gonna be with you for the rest of your life. And um, we need people to move up and take some of the slots that are um, being filled by um, some of us old guys. Uh, I put a note on the bottom of, of, of one of the, handouts I had for the ABET volunteers. Um, and there were some where I listed the experience they've had as PEVs. And um, I put a note down, those with missing years of experience have more years than I have fingers. So I left them blank. Nice. Um, I'm one of those. A person who's my um, associate on the board of delegates is another one of those. Um, and so um, we need to make sure we remain current and um, we need this push. Well, very good. Well, that was, uh, I tell you what, you both have been very, very good and succinct about what we're looking for. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to is, I don't think NSPS has done a very good job really promoting this and really saying what we need and who we're after. And that's one reason it was important to, to get, get you both on here and just tell us in your own words, what, what this is about, how do we, what are you getting yourself into and, in, in, in entering the process. And like you said, Becky, the, 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 the relationships and the experiences you've had uh, just, it makes it all well worth it. So uh, I thank you both for making time. Oh, yeah, go right ahead. Please do. I, I think that for people who were in my position, it was a lot easier to make the commitment because institutions of higher learning uh, are willing to give um, a lot of professional credit to people who are program evaluators. 
Sure. Uh, I got offered a job at one institution because I was involved. <laughs> I turned the institution down because they wanted me to teach um, air conditioning and refrigeration, and they were going to have a mechanical engineer teach surveying. Oh, boy. Uh, which didn't make any sense to me. Um, but it's a little harder in industry. It's a little harder for the business to understand the person being away. And the person is away for three days. Right. And, uh, but they're taking a lot of the time on their own. And so let's think about that also. I and mean, Becky's been very lucky. She has a great boss from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he can be a, sorry. Oh, wait, wait, that's, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about me. Okay. Um, no, exactly. Well, we, we are, you're right, Bob. We are very fortunate. We've got a firm that uh, allows Becky to, to uh, roam the world like uh, this past year and every other place in between uh, the several years. And I've been able to be involved with as much as I needed to be with NSPS. So, you know what, you're exactly right. It, it, it does take a commitment from companies as well. And that's what I'm always telling the young surveyors as well, that if you try to put yourself in as much stuff as you can, but you all, we also have to commit. We also have to convince the the ownership of some of these places. You got to back the young people. You got to you've got to be able to let them experience and let them grow, um, because that is our future, and that's where really who we need to make sure that gets involved in some of this stuff early. So I guess that's one reason I'm I've always been in awe of Becky and of how early she got involved in in this, and it's uh, it's it's very admirable what what uh, she's been able to pull off and. Uh, on the flip side, Bob, now getting to know you and getting to know your career, um, bravo to staying with us all these years. That's that's awesome because if we don't have this kind of support, we don't. These things do not continue, and they do not have success. So, once again, I thank you both for joining us. Um, you know what? At some point in time, I think I'd like to have you both back on after we get our five evaluators and see how things are going. Uh, in the world of ABET. So we'll, uh, we'll get you back on it another day. So um, that's it for us for here. Um, this is actually the last regular show of the year, 2012. Hopefully we'll put this thing in the rearview mirror and uh, we've got a recap show coming up with uh, Kurt uh, next week. So uh, for, for NSPS, this is Tim Birch. We say so long 2020, hopefully better in 2021. Thanks. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.